I'm going to take this wine bottle and we're going to go out to the garden and it's going to go up my gate. Bonnie and Clyde to discuss her experience on Virgin Media's Eating with the Enemy. Hey, hey is right. My name is Miss Ruth. And I'm mistaken. And together we are on the last episode of our limited series. Welcome to the sixth episode of That's Gossip. The final episode of our limited series. When we set out on this limited series journey all them weeks ago, all them six weeks ago. Still in lockdown. Still in lockdown. <laughs> situationally, nothing yeah. has changed. A very different side of lockdown, though. We're coping, coping with it very differently now. We're in the same bedroom and at the same desk. But it's been kind of, it's been fun. Oh, was it really fun for you who didn't have to do any of the editing for the podcast? That's why it was fun for yeah, me. Yeah, no, you literally I just had, had to, to rock up. From the bed to the desk. I had to talk. And then around episode three, I had to start planning stuff in advance. <laughs> <laughs> begrudgingly. begrudgingly. Oh, begrudgingly. It took me, and then it still took me a good other week, a good whole other week, till I was actually able to get stuff ready for the episode so in advance. So really, this is your first proper episode. This is actually our introductory episode. Yeah, the last couple of episodes really were just pilots, in fairness. I didn't know you could fly. Yeah, did you not? My dad's a muggle, my ma's a witch. Bit of a shock for him when he <laughs> found out. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I, I am it. so ready I to can't take wait a break for this to from be this. done. <laughs> Six weeks and I'm over it. And I wouldn't even mind. I don't know how these people do like, like rolling twenty episode seasons, like all of that kind of stuff. We've Especially had, weekly. Yeah, we've had six episodes, and all we've done is slag Americans and make Harry Potter jokes and talk about drag race. Talk about drag race more than we ever talk about uh, drag I mean, race. Ne- we ha- we don't talk about drag race on a day to day basis. No, like we don't discuss it. We watch it and then we're like, that was good. Sometimes, occasionally. Whenever it is good, which is occasionally. occasionally. Well, yeah. But yeah, overall, I've had a good time. Have you had a good time? No. Fair. So, Miss Roots, tell me this and tell <laughs> me no more. <laughs> On our final episode. Any goss? I do have some gossip. And I say this every week. As is if... it going to be the Free Britney thing? No, it's not oh, going right. to be the Free Britney <laughs> thing. I told you that's our second podcast. Um... I say every week, I realise listening to it back that I say every week I do have gossip as if it's an option for me not to have gossip. Mm. Even though the first week you didn't have gossip, but we're, we're going to get that bygones, big bygones. It's officially, I don't know if you know this, but it's officially one year this week. Since our last in-person event. Yeah. Like our last, well, like pre-pandemic event as it were. Yeah, how did you know? Well, I, I know because I was there. <laughs> okay. That's well. what I was going to say. Was that your gossip too? No, like actually. Really? Yeah. Oh God. Well, it was going to happen eventually. Maybe well, well it's saving us time it's now. It's going to save us time. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a long episode. That's a good ten minutes gone. But yeah, it's, it's well, it's just shy of a year since well, our first, our last, our first and last. Uh, yeah. No, our last uh, pre-pandemic um, event. Yeah, we did have the twenty-two event, but that was very different. But that was yeah, that was during yeah. COVID, and that it was around Christmas time. Once. Yeah. And gone like then like and then we're still in lockdown. Well, we're still in lockdown exactly. Yeah, but yeah, a year. Yeah, That's I know. Mad. And like looking back on that show, there's so many things that we used to do in shows that you just won't be able to do for a few no. years. Do you remember um, telling Dilatrix not to do COVID numbers? Oh, fully. Yeah, because I I remember this. I literally have this ready to go. Is 
Um, no, is this genuinely your thing, or are you actually trying to say No, like, actually, look. Gas. Okay, like fair. Actually, I actually did plan this. Um, <laughs> I look where I got <laughs> Literally, at one time. I'm going to stop putting effort in. Not that I did put fair. effort in before. Um, I remember turning to Dilithix and being like, yeah, like maybe we won't do COVID numbers. I don't know how people are going to feel. And she stood there in her visor, and like she had like a little spray bottle. <laughs> and now I feel... Uh, any opportunity to make fun of COVID we probably would yeah in a good way obviously yeah like there was cases in the country at the time but not in the news the way that we know it now in terms of like yeah fucking... I mean there was there was like there was a murmur of a lockdown but it was kind of like what's lockdown going to be like what are they going to do like you know they're not going to close the schools they're not going to close yeah. shops they're not going to blah 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 and like how naive we were because literally two weeks later the entire country was brought to a standstill and do you remember like talking with the management of Hopperly Pig and they were like, yeah, maybe like two, three weeks. Oh, so. yeah. Like, uh, I remember the oh, conversation. Sorry, I gladly took the break as well. I was like, this is great. Oh, at, the time was, at the time, I think everyone loved the break. But I remember the conversation with management was very much like, yeah, you know, maybe a month tops. When we come back, we'll definitely have, you know, we'll have wipes. We'll yeah. have hand sanitizer everywhere. At this time, there was no thing there about was no masks. masks. Yeah, masks. Like there was no masks, and there was not. There wasn't really social distancing. Like people when were starting Dilatrix to done the ma- the mask on our face. That was satire because masks weren't really like yeah, that was at, like this actually, like oh I'm doing a hospital number, but like genuinely that's where we ended up. That's where we ended up, and there was no social distancing in a sense of it wasn't like a mandatory thing. People were kind of staying a little bit distance, be safe themselves, but there was no actual restrictions of Imagine. like you had to be two meters apart. Imagine all of this was just a Mandela effect and Dilatrix just performed I Will Survive and we put the rest <laughs> on. Um, yeah. But that is crazy. And one year on, look where we are on the final episode of our limited series. <laughs> Who would have thought? From our bedroom. Yeah. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking reality TV um, with our stunting pretty guest. Did Bonnie cancel? Yeah. No, she had a phone in a friend. Oh, fair. See, yeah. when you, I knew because when you said stunting pretty, you just didn't it add just up. Didn't no, it just didn't make sense. I know Father sense. Joe is going to be doing it instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> we're going to be joined by Bonnie Ann Clyde, who recently shot to fame, national stardom, maybe local stardom, on Virgin Media's Eating with the Enemy. And we're going to get her take on her experiences with recording a reality TV show during COVID, but also some of her favourite uh, reality TV moments through the years. We're also going to be talking about her coping with addiction and her several failed marriages that she doesn't yet know that we're going to talk about, but we'll get to it. And we had listeners on our Amoric smartphone panels. <laughs> I, just, I, had, I had to do it. I had to put it in oh. somewhere. <laughs> Gossip. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, girls. How you doing? How are you? How are we? You know what? I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling tipsy. Good. It's a great day. What are you drinking? I am actually drinking Sauvignon Blanc by Kylie. See, girls, I'm a celebrity now. I can only drink expensive wine. That's right. Kylie should be more like like Dolly Parton. Did you know Dolly Parton actually donates books to the Ballyfermot Library for children every year? Like genuinely, like just a plaque. Good for her. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, And she has massive tits. So here we are. Same. (laughs) So today, Bonnie, our whole episode today is all about reality TV. And I think it's just very apt that we asked you to be on because... Yeah. As the winner of season one of RuPaul's Drag Race, we thought that no one was more fitting 
to talk about reality television than the Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, you need to put the before my name. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's one, a requirement you know, now. Yeah. Like the Vivian. Or as they used to say on a Monday, the shite one. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not put that in, please? <laughs> Thank you. So that does bring us on to, um, I suppose, the next section where you were on Virgin Media One's Eating with the Enemy. Your episode only aired just last week. How has it been? How has the reception been? It's, I can actually call myself the star of Eating with the Enemy, which I think is the best part. It's in my bio on Instagram now. Um, but overall, like, I'm just, like, I couldn't be happier with how it went, to be honest. Um, there was such, it's such a recipe for disaster. Like, I could have been paired with anyone in the world who would have, like, shouted me down and, like, debated me till like, I cried. Um, and I got someone who was so genuinely just so nice. Um, and everyone just really enjoyed the conversation that we had. And, like, what else could I ask for, you know? Yeah, have you true. have you spoken to Father Joe since? I've sent him an email, um, and we've had a little correspondence. Um, we're not besties as of now, but I would love to see him again. I hope we get to have another drink, um, or dinner or something. I yeah, I just really want to see him again. He's so nice. Yeah, because you do tend to enjoy the company of older gentlemen. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Don't you dare talk down about Father Joe. I would not <laughs> stand for it. <laughs> will you kneel for it? I mean, if it's a confession. Would you genuflex? <laughs> um, were you nervous doing like doing something like this during the, the pandemic? Um, I think from a safety point of view, I think we're cautious in general about going out. I think I was more excited about leaving the house and seeing new people. Um, but when I got there, like in terms of like COVID safety, everything was so good. The table was obviously six feet apart. Um, but I barely like saw like anyone else we had like a green room and you're kind of couriered around the place um yeah where you're I was to ask is it was it an actual real restaurant or was it like it like a soundstage kind of situation so the, it was filmed in the Radisson Blue um on Golden Lane so it was filmed in a hotel um but the restaurant obviously was not open it was just basically running for that particular uh shoot and what was the casting process like from kind of like from start to you actually getting on the, the silver screen? It was long enough. It wasn't arduous or anything like that. It was quite like you get approached and they ask you if you want to like get involved and they just take it from there and really chat to you over the course of a few weeks just to discuss like what your like topics are that you want to talk about and what you're interested in talking about. Um, but the thing is, they don't tell you who you're being paired with until you literally walk around the corner and see that person sitting opposite you. So you could, it could be anybody. Oh, really? So are you genuine? Like that, no that wasn't idea. just like, that wasn't just the, the magic of television. Like you genuinely didn't know who you were going to meet. No, you like based on your topics that you do discuss beforehand, you'll have a general idea of what you will be talking about. And that does give you an indication of what kind of person you might be sat across from. But there's no guarantees. Like they, they were not like, oh, you're going to be sat next to a priest. They basically were just like, so you're like an atheist, right? And I was like, yes. And they're like, great, that's all we need to know. <laughs> and were you kind of worried before um, that you get paired with like any particular type of people? Like who did you think maybe was in the cards for you to actually get I paired I really with? genuinely thought I was going to get sat down. And I said to them, oh, well, I'd love to be like sat next to like a really macho gal lad. So I thought I was going to be like put with someone who was like, had like toxic masculinity uh, vibes. And I'd have to like talk about like gender and gender expression and stuff. Um, that was my like one thing. And I was kind of like, it's not, I don't think that's actually exciting as sitting next to a priest. So I couldn't have asked for a better partner. 
And were you asking for someone um, like that so you could actually kind of start a romantic relationship or? I am very much a taken woman. Um, I'm not a mistaken woman, but I'm a taken woman. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not in the search for a partner at the moment. <laughs> um, and what, actually, what was your partner's response to you being on the silver screen? How did they feel about it? They were actually really happy, I think, with how everything went. Um, they said they were really happy with how I like represented myself and came across. So um, honestly, I just wanted to make them proud. So I'm just I'm just happy with how they, they saw everything. Yeah, that's very fair. And have you broke the news to them yet that you won't make them proud very often or has that come up yet? Oh, yeah. No, no they know it's all going. It's going downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the, the process for, I suppose, throughout the casting process, getting ready, preparing just before you turn the corner. Was there anything that was kind of particularly shady or something that didn't sit re- re- kind of right with you or anything you were worried about? Well, now, on a serious note, there was like a little bit of backlash about like the show during the casting process. Mm, like okay. a lot of people thought it really was going to be like identity politics and people like a, like a transgender person sitting across from a transphobe um, or a homophobic person sitting across from a gay person. And it really like wasn't. Well, like from my experience anyway, I've had a wonderful time and I kind of, they were reassured me that that was not the case. It wasn't what it was about. Um, so that was kind of the only like worry, I think. And like, I think we all have like nerves going into stuff, but everything was pretty much kind of alleviated um, pretty soon after I kind of started filming. On a yeah. side note, do you think it like, obviously we know as like Irish people, you know, Irish television can be quite tame in comparison to other countries' versions that we may watch. Do you think if this show was done in, say, the UK or the US, it would have been done in the same way? Um, or do you think it kind of would have been edited or set up specifically to be a little bit more vicious, I suppose? Uh, to be honest, I think it might have been more vicious or more contentious just from the people that are being cast, because I think in general, Irish people are just so polite. Um, and even if we have like a serious like, disagreement with someone, we're never really going to go for the jugular or really insult someone. And um, we're just not like we're not that way as, as a people. Um, so I think if it was done in like the US or the UK, it would have been a bit more vicious. I think the fact that they've got Irish people in it has such, like a charm to it because it's a good mixture of like reasonable disagreement and also people just having a crack. Just following up on what you were saying about the say Irish versus what it, where it could have been in the UK or the US. Do you think that the backlash that the show got in the early days of pre-production kind of influenced how they they kind of managed the situation when it came to airing it? I see, I don't think it was actually changed that much. I think from the get-go, I don't think it was like contrived to be that sort of show. I think the title Eating with the Enemy is quite polarizing and it kind of brings up that idea of oh it's going to be fighting and it's going to be conflict um but i think the actual message of the show is that you can sit down and you can have a conversation with someone who is on the surface your enemy or your opposite but really you have way more in common than you thought yeah because it definitely seemed from a production point of view and from a, a viewer it definitely seemed that it wasn't necessarily it was more so about bringing people together than pitting people against each other it was more about like you, you may be eating with your quote unquote enemy, but it's actually in it, like a social experiment. Like we said that your enemy and I think actually Finding you, the common ground. With your yeah, enemy. you or Father Joe, I can't remember which one of you said it, but um, you kind of hit the nail on the head that you're saying that your enemy isn't actually that different sometimes. Yeah, I think it's it's the main purpose is like to take you off social media and take you off that space where you feel like you're um 
you're going for someone and you could just basically see like the human side of someone sitting yeah. across from you in like a somewhat casual setting like it just personalizes people and I think it like it just changes how we uh, have a discussion or ch- changes our discourse Alongside all of the stuff though, right? So every type, different genre of reality TV, every type of show that there is, there's always an element of something that's problematic with each of them. Some moments in reality TV just didn't age well. Never age well. And then some, like they they stand the test of time. They're still equally as iconic, but I don't know. My problem with reality TV is when production like tries to villainize each other like villainize the cast against each other to try and make something happen i rather when it's just real life and something just clashes that's when it's gold in my opinion yeah i think there's a difference between i think if you've got a smaller production time and it also depends on the production company as well and what they want to portray i like like yourself i much prefer something that is like authentic and genuine but all too often it's just like scripted and like made up for the the reality tv yeah. moment um and i think it's unfortunate because it really does like that i think but also there's another aspect of that where it's like it's reality tv it's real people and when it is authentic some people can come across really bad and it's not because like the production have put them that way it's because that's just who they are <laughs> i also think the idea of reality tv and i like 100 percent hold my hands up is like everyone loves attention and yeah i think you're more inclined to go on tv or apply for these kind of shows if you're a narcissist and I think that's why you get so many people like that on reality tv I think though where reality tv got its bad name and I don't know maybe I'm absolutely wrong and I'm showing my age but the simple life the one with Paris Hilton and Nicole Ritchie I think is where it all where so where reality tv just became the mainstream and also the outcasts at the exact same time it's just, it doing reality TV for the sake of doing reality TV is I think is what the epitome of the simple life and shows like that are like Jersey Shore, Geordie Shore and anything where it's just like people acting the tit on camera for the sake of it. Well, yeah. right. The Simple Life was like one of the first reality TV shows as we know reality TV today. And what I think was interesting about that, because obviously that was like the OG keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. But the media didn't want reality TV to be a thing because the media was the one that they couldn't control the narrative. They couldn't be the ones to say, oh, Paris Hilton is doing this and blah, blah, blah. So they just villainized it and they made it out to be trashy. Even though it was. And I don't don't want to jump forward because this is kind of part of our next point. But that is kind of the beauty sometimes of reality TV. And that's why reality TV can be so good because it doesn't fall under the same construct of like scripted television. So you can have any type of people from all walks of life be portrayed on television whereas those people may not get wouldn't have storylines wrote about them like trans women i know obviously there's amazing shows like pose nowadays but just kind of going back previously to the likes mm. of Big brother and stuff like that that were able to kind of break um the boundaries and like actually portray these people and this kind of goes back to what you're saying about eating with the enemy but like putting a face to the name for people who may not have who may have had a perception about what these type of people would be like and then see them on television and then be like, oh, okay, they're literally regular people. Yeah, you can see like characters yeah. in the TV show, but at the end of the day, those characters are just written by someone who's probably not 
of their identity. Yeah. Whereas I think, especially with like things like Big Brother, is you really did have like I would like I remember being a kid and watching season seven of Big Brother and seeing the gay guy on that and being like so. I was like a little empowered, like ten year old. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> a question for you: Do you think reality TV going for like in general or going forward or as it was? has a place in society do you think it's like a valid form of tv i think fully because it just gives people an opportunity to like show their authentic selves and i think as humans we are so into like gossip and you know that's gossip um (laughs) uh, (laughs) we just like we love gossip in general i think the the best representation of gossip is putting a camera in front of someone and seeing them seeing how they live their lives um it's like we love that as humans we love to see people interact and like fall over and like make mistakes um and not be involved in it i think it's just it's the epitome of like human nature to like want to see these things but i think one of the one of the kind of like detrimental parts of reality tv is putting quote unquote regular everyday people on television and sometimes i think what can happen is they're plunged into the public eye and then they have like meltdowns like think of like susan boyle like yeah wasn't like sometimes yeah. i think the reason reality tv is villainized is because they do this one thing that comes to mind which is a bit of gossip is zoe alexander from x factor do you remember the girl who auditioned and she, oh, she's the one who threw like she threw a fit on yeah yes they, i remember her what happened was this girl went on she was a pink impersonator on like cruise ships and all that kind of stuff and she went on x factor performed and they were like do another song and she done like whatever that na, 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 whatever that one is so what? so what yeah and they were like no you're you're too much like pink because she had like pink's hair and she sang like pink and all this kind of stuff and she had a meltdown like and she's like if you look up those like miss mojo top 10 x factor like she's always <laughs> yeah. and what actually happened she came out only recently on tiktok and said basically that the production had told her why not do a pink song? And when she was saying that, like, you told me to do pink, it was the production had told her to do pink. And then that was the exact reason she didn't get through was because they were like, you're too much like pink. And she was like, what do you mean? And that kind of goes back to what Miss Taken was saying about like production, like making things happen and kind of pushing little storylines. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that is one side of reality TV that's really dark and twisted, basically. Like, I think the worst kind of reality TV show um, competition style is X Factor. I think it's, it is, it should, brings out the worst in Every. people. It literally is like the most, I think it is, like, contrived is my word of the day. I love that word. <laughs> I, think it is, I think it is the most contrived competition reality show because it is literally just like embarrassing people for the sake of embarrassing them and producing things for the sake of producing them. And it's not authentic in any way. Um, and, and yeah, you have like a lot of they don't get big careers. Like I know there is some like One Direction and Leona Lewis. Not anymore. But for the most part, that's they're like the one percent. Like everyone yeah. else just yeah. no. And the thing with that is, well, the thing for me, right, is with like you were saying, X Factor in particular, bringing out the worst in people. X Factor feeds on that one thing. Like, like people obviously get it in their head that they want to be a singer, they want to be this celebrity and whatever, and they will almost do anything to get that production yeah. know that production fully know that and they're like well we can pray and pray on this we can uh kind of feed them information and be like yeah you'll get it you'll be this you'll be that and then it literally just rips the piss out of people and i know at the start of x factor it was all fun and games but now it's just desperate 
But onto the other side of the penny. Yeah, because it's not all bad. Like there's definitely no. like I there's definitely good sides to reality TV. Like you've already said, Bunny, that you know we the get empowerment to see... when you're a ten. <laughs> <laughs> but that but that's genuinely it though. Like you get to see real people, real stories, other people's stories outside of what you know or what your bubble is or whatever, and not like the COVID bubble. But genuinely, people do live in bubbles where you know. Everyone they know is white and straight. Everyone they know is uh, gay and white. Everyone they know is only black. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. And so you get to see all sides of life. This is something I was going to say. So I didn't actually, well, technically speaking, it's all coming out now. I know, knew about drag, so to speak, through you. Because you started drag and like you said, had said already. We are, were- you, are you saying that I'm like your drag auntie? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, but Granny, drag <laughs> I, I kind of knew drag through you ish, but I didn't necessarily know drag through drag race. I actually started watching drag first. You showed me Willem's beatdown and Willem was actually the first, like from what I can remember, obviously there was like, there was Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire and it was Mrs. Brown. That is all considered drag. But like Willem was the first kind of drag queen. self Gay drag, drag queen. queen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I, what I think is so good and you kind of just said it, that some people can come from like the sticks Reality TV gives people the chance to widen their horizons without, for people who don't have wide horizons, they're able to see like Drag Race that they're like, oh my God, this, this, is, a, an, a, this is a whole side of life that I would have never seen. But even yeah. down to the likes of Big Brother, having a trans person on, having gay people on, um, having genuinely, and I know this literally sounds crazy, but just having foreign people on, having people from different walks of life with different points of view, like that was revolutionary for the time. And that was like the 2000s. Um, and I do actually want to plug as well, because there's a, a super good Irish podcast. Um, Please do not swear. And they, yes. they recant every episode of Big Brother from episode one. And like, it's so nostalgic. And it, it, I started listening to it when, obviously when it came out last year. And it was early days in the pandemic because it just brought back, I don't know, it was so nostalgic. It brought back so many kind of good feelings, good, like, good vibes. Yeah. And yeah, like that, it, like that era of television, specifically with Big Brother, was where oh, golden. But it was, but golden. It, was, it was so progressive though, for the time. Yeah. Like nowadays, you, you almost expect those kind of um, contestants or housemates, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I suppose as well, that leads me on to say my favourite reality TV show would definitely be Big Brother UK. Yeah, like not to just blanket statement agree, but I kind of do think that I would be like the most obsessed with Celebrity Big Brother. What's yours, Bonnie? I think think just genuinely is the epitome of reality TV and it's the least contrived to a certain extent. Yeah, contrived being the word of the day again. Um, yeah, I just I think it, it just it just makes sense. It's like it's it is reality TV at its core. Yeah, what saying that because it, basically we had said before we didn't tell anyone each other, but we were like, okay, we're all going to have to think what's our favorite reality TV show, and um, we didn't actually anticipate all have the same one. No, but, but it does make sense though because it is the oh daddy of reality yeah. TV. Um, I want us all to share our kind of favorite moments. Mistaken, starting with you. What is your, like, the creme de la creme of your big brother highlights and moments? Oh, hands down, it's Kinga with the wine bottle. Like, hands yes. down. Like, that was 
that blew my childish mind when I was like six and I seen that. That blew my mind. Just for context, what is the king with the wine bottle moment? For she basically, she they're all locked up in a house. She felt a certain way. She had a glass of wine. She wanted a bit of privacy, but obviously you don't get that in Big Brother. So she was like, well, do you know what? I'm going to take this wine bottle and we're going to go out to the garden and it's going to go up in a gate. I've just realised you said that in my favourite moment, I think, Big Brother. I think it's Big Brother India correct me if I'm wrong, is the puja, what is this behaviour? <laughs> I think it, it really is. Like, it just goes to show, like, the the kind of the worst and best of Big Brother in one whole clip where it's like, these people are, like, forced to stay in this house and it's the most traumatic experience you can possibly go through and also makes the best television where she's just, like, slamming this brush down on the ground and it's a fight over absolutely nothing. Bollocks, absolute bollocks. Yeah, that is that's a bit iconic. Roots, what's yours? Um, mine is a tie, and it's allowed to be a tie because they're the same season. So I'm making the rules in my mind. It's a tie between Tiffany New York Pollard in the diary room, calling out Gemma Collins for her old maiden type shoes, and, and the for whole. Being- Fat cunt. And for being a fat <laughs> cunt. And the whole monologue. It's no, do you know what? I, I the fat cunt bit gets all and, and the maiden type shoes get all the recognition. But the bit that threw me over the edge was when she said someone told her she was fly. Someone was, lied to her. Someone lied to her several many, many times. times and then told her, and she was in fact cool, sexy, and fly, and she is none yeah. of those things. <laughs> that <laughs> was none of those things. That was the, that was. Not only was that the highlight of Big Brother, that was a highlight. You can't tell me that is not the highlight of queer television. <laughs> Tiffany New York Pollard has been around <laughs> enough gays, days, and queens to know what queer and camp is, and she she looked camp directly in the eye with that quote. That is that is that is the Met Gala <laughs> that like should be just rolled down the Met Gala red carpet when they did camp on a on a large train. Brilliant, and then. <laughs> Of course, of the same season um, when David Bowie's ex-wife confided in Tiffany Pollard that David Bowie had died, but just said David is dead. Tiffany actually, in fact, thought it was David Guest, who was also on that season, who was at the, mo- at the time sleeping in his bed. Brilliant. And Tiffany Pollard ran to his <laughs> Actually, no, sorry. Tiffany first went, started screaming and flailing, ran out. And said, told all the rest of the guests that David is dead. They all ran to David Guest's bedside to find out he wasn't dead. And then Tiffany just turned on David Bowie's ex-wife. And then the fact that later on that same year, David Guest actually died. Yeah, like died. foreshadowing. Yeah, and he yeah. Actually, that that again is just the camp moment of. I'm not saying that like you know it was great that he died or anything, but that was just. The camp moment. What a good way to go. That it all just to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. Ruth was not calling for the death of David Guest. Was a good thing. (laughs) I just think it was good television. Is all I'm saying. (laughs) Well, this was fun, entertaining, informative, and I suppose going forward, this I guess will just be a Big Brother podcast. Yeah. It's actually just the highlights of Big Brother. Thanks so much for coming on, Bunny. It's been great to catch up with you. And um, will we see you on TV again soon? Do you plan to to continue on the silver screen? I mean, anyone that wants me can contact me on Instagram or by my booking email. Um, I'm open to all sorts of things as long as it's not uh, celebs on the farm. 
And what is your Instagram? My Instagram is at Bonnie and Clyde underscore. Um, and just follow me and like all my photos and send me creepy messages. Gorge, I'm going to do just that. And when can our, our listeners expect your podcast contrived to air? <laughs> my podcast is actually my next venture is going to be a drag queen and a priest walk into a podcast. Um, <laughs> like we're going to we're going to figure it out. I'm going to force Father Joe to do something with me. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Don't worry. It'll be full of religion. Um, but also, it's going to be like a religious sex dungeon. I Gorge. think you should try and get Father Joe in drag. It might happen. He, like, listen, if, if people want it, I, I will find him and it'll it'll happen. <laughs> what do you think his drag name would be? Um, it can be Mary Ann Joseph. Mary Ann Joseph. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mary Ann Joseph. He is Mary Ann Joseph. Mary Ann Joseph. Hands down, 100% Mary Ann Joseph. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Bonnie. We hope you had an absolutely lovely time. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I just realized in this whole process that you guys are really not my enemy. Um, and I've learned so much from this experience. <laughs> <laughs> She talks some shite Doesn't she She really does And I'm actually really disappointed That she arrived With the NDA in her hand So we couldn't actually talk about The addiction Or the failed marriages No I know And I'm actually surprised That she let it slip Even all NDAs included That she has four nipples And she had two desserts While on set I know but sure, look, you live and you learn, you know, she's only a local treasure, she's well, not a national it. treasure. Exactly, yeah, she's she's not quite Martin Morrissey. Martin Morrissey, why do you never get names? Oh, what's his name? Marty. For fuck's sake, like, why do I never, why is it always Martin? I have no idea. Wasn't I have... your dad's name Martin or something? My dad's name was literally Patrick. <laughs> oh, right, well, I don't know, that was my Mandela effect, Morrissey. <laughs> no, that was actually really good to get to talk to Bonnie and the, get her experience, I suppose, with actually recording a reality TV show, if that's what you'd call it. Um, yeah, and it's it's not. She did have a brief stint with RTE back in the past, but no, that was a brief stint. And ah, art. that's it's different. Fair. Yeah, no, yeah. and it's going to get her one of these days. But I didn't want to bring it up because if it wasn't for them meddling kids, exactly. But that does bring us to the end of our limited series journey. I think we can probably admit and announce that we will continue on doing that's gossip into season two. Yeah, because in fairness, what fucking else can we do? A home just nothing to do. No, quite literally nothing to do. And the feedback has been really, really nice and people do actually want us to continue. Now they'll be regretting that when we actually do continue. Yeah. Um and they are then subjected to this every week. But we are gonna take a couple of weeks off, get our shit together and actually make it somewhat decent. Yeah, so we will be back in a couple of weeks time, um when that is I don't know. Yeah, we're saying weeks. Weeks can be next week or weeks can be literally 20 never. Or we'll do what we done with YouTube and say, see you next week and just never, <laughs> never turn back up again. <laughs> so mistaken, as always, tell the lovely people where they can find you. You can find me in my attic finding better content for season two <laughs> of That's Gossip or on Instagram, I am mistaken, where I've just uploaded some fabulously standard pictures. You can also find me on Instagram at Miss Roots. And you can find us both on our That's Gossip Pod Instagram, where we'll be running Q&As and polls, getting ourselves ready for season two. You've heard it here first. We're so desperate for money at the moment. We're going to be pole dancing on our That's Gossip Pod Instagram. And if you're bored out of your tits, you can visit our website, outwiththemissus.com. Where you'll continue to be bored out your tits because the event page is fucking scarce. Because <laughs> there's nothing we can do. 
If you want to get involved in season two, you can also email us at thatsgossippod at gmail.com. Season one of our limited series, That's Gossip, has arguably been very short. Normally podcasts are not just six episodes long. See, I like to do things in six or so. So we have three good years. We have another three good years ahead of us. I never but said that, the last three years were good. There you have it. But you can run off with a Brazilian after year six if you like. <laughs> just... Just send me maintenance money. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, see you, right? Bye.